The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, let's be real about something. As we get older, get kids, pets, multiple jobs, it becomes harder and harder to find the right time to connect to your partner. But when you do get that sliver of a moment, you need to be ready. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. of the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host contributor to the birdrights.com Preston Ellis. Today we are crossing the streams. We are talking to the Athletics own and Saints film breakdown guru as well as Canal Street Chronicles, I think deputy brand manager or something like that. Mr. Deuce Wyndham, what's good, sir? Something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well, Preston. How are you, man? Let's let's talk about this. Uh, you guys can follow him at Rev Deuce Wyndham. Of course, there's a lot of uh, popular sports bloggers in New Orleans from Canal Street Chronicles to Crescent City Sports, although that one's, uh, I think, a more legit publication. You've got Fansided. You've got SB Nation with the birdrights.com. But Mr. Deuce, you lived the dream. You went from New Orleans blogger to now paid by The Athletic. Talk about your rise to prominence and fame, as it were. Uh, just talk about your ascension from Canal Street Chronicles to The Athletic. Oh, man. Well, first, I don't want to necessarily word it like that. It'll give me the big head bigger than I've already got. It's it's pretty humbling because, you know, not many people are able to do that. I mean, it, this is still a an industry, whether it's radio or journalism, that's still dominated by, you know, going to journalism school or going through, you know, uh, media and actually studying those publications and going through that process, whereas I never have. I have, I have no journalism experience. My I definitely benefit from an editor. <laughs> she she puts up with a lot through my stuff, and I'm greatly appreciative for her at The Athletic. But, yeah, it's mostly just kind of starting off, as I think everybody does, just a fan of what's going on, wanting to give my take on it, and then just progressively getting more serious about it to the point where doing things like attending the Scouting Academy, which is you know a great organization hosted by former scouts and coaches that trains you how to be a scout in the NFL and, and using that knowledge and you know using that to push towards doing the film stuff that I do now for the athletic. It's just been a, a kind of a slow climb and lots of hard work, lots of stories and articles that never made a dime for. And yeah, I think a lot of people find that whether you're a student in journalism and in, in college or just trying to work up as a blogger and then finally making it, you know, quote unquote, it's uh, been pretty humbling and amazing. 
Well, it is very cool. It's been fun to watch your journey, sir. Let's go ahead and talk about some NOLA sports. Uh, it's it's a pretty good time to be a sports fan in New Orleans. Of course, we've got the Pelicans with Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday, some of the guys from the Lakers, Nikhail. A lot of excitement around then. But then you've got the Tulane Green Wave. You've got the LSU Tigers. You've got the New Orleans Saints at 5-1. and one. Deuce, is this the best time to be a NOLA sports fan it's ever been? I don't know if we can go ever. But it's definitely really good. And I think the only way we can really go ever is we got to see how some of this thing pans out. Like I am full on the Pelicans hype train right now. And it's not just because of Zion. Zion definitely helped. But I personally am really excited about Giroux taking the lead and being the guy in New Orleans. I think that you know some players, they grow, whether it's in the NFL, NBA, or whatever professional sport is, they don't come in day one necessarily or the leader alpha type locker room guys and then they grow into that and it really becomes their mold i think drew is going to be a great leader for the pelicans but it's really just how successful are they going to be because the saints have got super bowl aspirations right now so you're following them you've got the lsu tigers with you know basically a saints playbook got drifted down into there a little bit now joe burrow is looking like a heisman candidate so definitely very exciting we just see some of these teams actually convert on some of that excitement the last time and i was really young that i remember all Louisiana sports being this excited was the early 2000s when the Saints made the playoffs and won. You had Chris Paul was arguably the MVP and it went to Kobe instead. You had LSU winning with Nick Saban. That was a great time of professional and collegiate sports for Louisiana. And it's been about 20 years since then. So it's definitely the most excited since I've been covering the team. Well, I'd say we were too. <laughs> we deserve it, uh, especially for Pelicans fans after what we endured last, last season. Let's continue talking about Hype Deuce. Uh, I just posted something on Twitter, according to our friends at TickPick. Ticket sales for the Pelicans on the road are up 108%. At home, they're up 72%. The New Orleans Pelicans are the sixth most popular team in terms of ticket sales, uh, just in terms of their uh, resurgence, I guess, this year, uh, behind just the Los Angeles Clippers for home games. So that's six on the road, second at home to just the Clippers. Uh, so obviously, it's a really good time. We don't know just how good they're going to be. We're very hopeful. We're very optimistic. More than that, we just know it's going to be fun. Tell me, Deuce, do you have any expectations as to how many games you want the Pelicans to win this season? Or are oh, you just man. happy to be along for the ride? I think it's both, but I'll also say that the preseason is not helping my uh, calming <laughs> of hype. I mean, watching Zion and the guys out there now, it's like, we, we've got to win 55, 60 games, right? I mean, you see how much fun we're having and they're having on the court. It's really hard to not just jump in. And it's not even just Zion. I mean, it's, it, it's gnaw out there. It's, I mean, this dude, we've been talking about Frank Jackson for two years. Now we got completely people that we didn't even expect to make it just bawling out. I mean, it's like we talked so long about how nobody was there to really help AD, which I do think there were some pieces that were given to him and just it never worked out. I, I still think AD was a great player in New Orleans uniform. But now we're talking about like bench players who are coming out and scoring legit points and having J.J. Redick and stuff. And I don't know, like the expectations for me are really high. Like I think they could be a legit seventh, eighth seed. But maybe I'm just overreaching a little bit because I do realize that, you know, one of your main new stars is a rookie and everything. But I really feel like this could be a playoff team in the tough West. No, they definitely have the talent for it. And one of the guys I respect the most, Zach Lowe of ESPN, said it's all about cracking this rotational code. And mm -hmm. that name that you just mentioned, that presents a problem because Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been good, Deuce, but he's been a bit 
too good uh, because right now the Pelicans had a pretty good hierarchy of rotational players that they mm-hmm. were going to go through at Jaleel Okafor, Etuan Moore, J.J. Redick, Josh Hart, Nicolo Melli. But now you've got this monkey wrench that's been thrown in there and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You've got him in a position where the Pelicans didn't really need any help. And here comes a possible rookie of the year candidate. That's how good he's looked per 36. Ooh, per man. I'm glad I'm not the only one throwing hot takes here, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying he looks really, really good. And now you're presented with this problem, Deuce, where you have to ask yourself a question. You look in the mirror and you say, do I really want the Pelicans to win games? Because if you do, mm-hmm. you probably want to put out J.J. Redick, Etwan Moore, Josh Hart. Or do you want to see this kid come in there, score, you know, 15 to 20 points, get eight assists, but he's also going to make some mistakes. He's naturally a rookie. Which guy do you want to see? Do you want to see the age veteran who's going to help you win but isn't going to do anything flashy? Or do you want to just throw Gnaw out there? Oh, man. I'm going to be honest. I think it would be better to go ahead. It really depends on how coach feels he is when we wrap up preseason. Because you look at like Reddick, you know, Reddick has not necessarily had the amazing preseason like the young guys have, but a lot of that is how he actually operates on the court is not necessarily what a lot of other guys are used to. There has to be some chemistry built there and how he cuts and how he plants and, you know, where he likes to take his shots. And I think all that will come because his shooting percentage is not that great right now in preseason, but he's got a whole career show and he, he shoots just fine. So there, there's that that you know is going to come, but how long does it take? As I've always been a, a big you know guy when it comes to the football side is you ride the hot hand. That's just a rule. If Alvin Kamara is hot right now, you hand the ball to Alvin Kamara. If Michael Thomas is catching everything you throw to him, you run with Michael Thomas, and that's what wins football games. But football is also only 16 games of a season, so you kind of have to rely on that a lot more. Whereas you've got 82 in basketball, and you don't know what's going to happen down the stretch. So I would say that, if you have a player that's showing that level of production, it's really tough for me to say, no, it, it just, just hold off on it. Go with what you paid for. I would say he deserves a roster spot, even if that means a low-end guy or lower guy on the bench ends up getting you know cut or moved or, or whatever happens. But if he's playing how he is right now, I, I simply can't understand an argument that says he can't make the team. Maybe we're talking maybe he doesn't get 25 minutes. But right now, if he's able to be consistent over a couple-week span like he has, he needs to be on the team come you know, starting night. Gambling. It's not the most prevalent of topics at the family barbecue, but the truth is it can be quite fun. Picking a couple of friends to play some friendly wagers before a game can immediately raise the stakes and make your Sundays even more exhilarating. And that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Football fans, you can even bet after kickoff. So if it looks like your bet is fading, just take the other side. If you like to bet a lot, try a parlay. You can multiply your winnings and brag to your friends as the money rolls in. But now is the best time to join because MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, you just set me up with a perfect transition because there is a delicate balance in terms of an NBA locker room. Obviously, these guys are all professionals, but when you bring in a guy like you know, J.J. Redick, a veteran who's making $12 million a year. You've got mm-hmm. Etwan Moore making $9 million in the final year of his deal. You've got Josh Hart, who's got one year until his deal. Even though Na is probably the right move at this, par- at this point, if you put him in in front of those guys, it could disrupt the balance of the locker room. And then with the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. you've got a similar situation. And I know this is crazy, but it's fun, so we're going to do it. Teddy Bridgewater's 
uh, it's four and zero at this point, Deuce. Uh, obviously, Drew Brees is the best New Orleans Saint of all time. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, he's just going to continue padding his stats whenever he gets back into the lineup. But let's just talk crazy for a second. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's got another tough game coming up this week against the Bears. If he wins that game, Drew Brees is still probably, I don't know, you'd know this better than I am, one to two mm-hmm. games away. At what point do you look in the mirror and say, Deuce, do we need to stick with Teddy? And the answer is simple, and I can flip to the other side of the defense for New Orleans to show you. You go with what is the better player or the better option for the team. And Patrick Robinson for New Orleans is making a lot more money than P.J. Williams. Patrick Robinson has been sitting on the bench. P.J. Williams is starting because he's the better player for the team. He earned that spot last year when Patrick Robinson got hurt. And even when Robinson got healthy here in the offseason, P.J. earned that spot. And that's how it's going to be for the Pelicans and forever takes over after Drew. I think Drew comes back now and is still better than Teddy. You're winning with Teddy. That's great. I'm not complaining about it. I think Teddy's doing good in a lot of areas. But I don't think we've reached the Joe Montana, Steve Young situation where we're going to start benching Breeze because – you know, Young is doing so well or Teddy's doing so well. I don't think we're there yet. But at some point, that is going to happen down the road, possibly. And, you know, especially if Drew decides to play another year after this year. I think the analogy, especially for the Pelicans, a little bit closer to the P.J. Williams-Patrick Robinson saga, where it doesn't matter to me if Etan Moore is making $8 million. It's, it's the 2K sport of the world. I mean, let's just hit the trade button and see what we can get for him if he's not the hot hand. I mean, because – one, you'd free up cap space, and two, you have a guy who is showing you some consistency over the summer, and maybe it doesn't pan out. But truthfully, if you're the Pelicans, you kind of want to have more cap space anyway for veterans in the future because guys like Zion, you're going to want to build around as they're young and they get through you know, the problems that they're going to have and, and Hayes, the, you know, the growth that he's going to need to do, not just physically grow, but grow as a player on the court. And now Nall, same concept. Maybe that can be a young three for you. And getting rid of an Etuan Moore, even though he's a veteran, even though you know what he can do, the possibilities of what you can do long term to me are more intriguing than paying some guy eight million to do exactly what I know he can do, and that is uh, upset a lot of fans. So. <laughs> now this is where we get into uh, into a tricky place because. Mm-hmm. Yes, Naw is playing better than a guy like Etwan Moore. However, Naw is somebody you've got under contract for the next four to five years. Etwan mm-hmm. Moore is in the final year of his contract. So if you are not going to play Etwan Moore, you still have to put him out there in front of NBA audiences, increase his value so that when you get to the February trade deadline, you can still warrant taking back a first round pick, just dumping him somewhere or exchanging him for another pretty good player. Whereas if you put him on the bench for most of the season, then you're really probably only getting a second round pick for him. But but I, I understand the conundrum it's a difficult one Mm -hmm. thankfully we don't have to make this decision and it's probably going to suss itself out let's go ahead and continue talking about uh the pelicans uh in terms of expectations uh we'll we'll talk about how many games you think that they'll win with this roster the way that it's currently constructed but before we get to that obviously the saints have you know their their hated foes their rivals in the atlanta falcons of course uh two matchups with the tampa bay buccaneers every year and it seems that the tampa bay buccaneers always manage to win one no matter how good the saints are now the pelicans kind of have I don't know if you'd call them rivals yet but just a couple of teams that we'd really like to beat whether it be the Los Angeles Lakers the Houston Rockets whatever team uh you you decide for yourself so Mm -hmm. if you could in your dream scenario picture Zion dunking over anybody the Pelicans beating any team which team would that be Los Angeles Lakers dunking over Anthony Davis 
That's a nice poster. That's a pretty nice poster. <laughs> I, I would I buy think... that. I would go completely 1990s and actually buy the actual poster. Right? It would be on my wall. <laughs> it would definitely be a screensaver on my phone. I'm not even sure what you call it, the cover photo, uh, whatever the yeah. kids are referring to it nowadays. I think that would be almost more gratifying than making the playoffs at this point. Uh, obviously, we can have both things. Now, we, we've we talked a little bit about the Pelicans. Uh, let's talk more about what uh, you anticipate them doing this year. Obviously, you, mm-hmm. you think that they have enough pieces to get to the playoffs, but now we just have to come out and make a prediction. Deuce. Uh, it's probably in the West going to take 45 wins because everybody's just yeah. going to cannibalize each other. I don't think you're going to need mm-hmm. more than that to sneak in. Can the Pelicans do it? If I'm being just completely honest with this team, and they can certainly be surprises because one, one thing I've noticed, even in preseason, as well as Zion has looked, you know, as flashy as the dunks have been, as exciting as the layups are, truth is, defensively, this team still has a long way to go. And I think even some of the players that you have for the Pelicans are not necessarily elite. I think Drew is definitely an elite defender. I think you have some good stuff. I'm really curious to see how Okafor looks coming in and getting more time. I like the roster, but I don't know if the roster is one that comes onto the court day one and has the cohesion and then just the flow to start winning right out the gate and winning a lot. I think this is like a 45-win team. You know, we don't know how Derek Favors is going to look in this office. We don't know how long it's going to take for the team to adjust to J.J. Redick's style to where he starts nailing down those clutch threes you want him to have. You know, you don't know how long it's going to take Zion to really be that, you know. It took A.D. a couple years to really grow into himself. Now, a lot of that was physical, but he was still putting up points. He was still blocking the ball, but he wasn't A.D. for a couple years. I mean, Zion, when it was coming in physically, you know, really nice. He's got all the hype, and that's true. But there's still questions for him as well. So I think if we're just being honest and realistic, 45 wins is a good kind of baseline to set. I think that's still being a little bit hopeful in some areas. But the talent is there. It's just how long does it take for them to work as a group? Because I think one question that's kind of gotten swept under the rug a little bit is this is also a fan base that was mad at Alvin Gentry for a very long time about the system that he's been running. Now that he's been basically given in a completely new team, is that system going to work? Yeah, I think you can take some pressure off of Alvin at this point. Uh, very mm-hmm. smartly bringing in Jeff Bezelik, uh, one of the better defensive minds in the NBA. Now the Pelicans, as they've been doing, can continue their frenetic pace, can continue being a top 10 scoring team. And if their mm-hmm. defense doesn't live up to snuff, uh, like you were just mentioning, Deuce, then that's something you can kind of rest on the shoulders of Jeff Bezelik. But we all think that it's going to come around. It's just a matter of these guys like Zion Williamson, uh, like our friend Mike G says, it's all between the ears. He's got all the yeah. ability in the world. He's just got to figure it out. And these guys have to figure out how to play together now we're going to turn the tables on you deuce how good are these saints going to be give us a prediction how far can they possibly go this year i mean they're still a super bowl caliber team the fact that they are winning and winning most games pretty confidently like there's not a lot of these last second you know heart throbs and and stuff heart palpitation moments this is a super bowl level team whether they get there any given sunday is what makes the nfl so popular it's the parody of the game it's it's what it separates it from you know, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and even hockey, because any team can win. I mean, you can be a, a, just a god-awful Miami Dolphins team this year can still come and upset somebody, and that's just what makes the game so fun to watch. But in terms of talent, in terms of what they are, they've proven that they're a Super Bowl-level team. The fact that they're 5-1 and one under Teddy Bridgewater, no shade being thrown, but without your Hall of Fame quarterback, proves that this is a team that's as good as anybody else in the league. Drew should be coming back. Alvin Kamara and the rest of the team will be healthy because you got a bye week in the middle of the season, which is something that teams just dream on having. Everybody hates having the bye week at like week four. They've got it in the middle of the season. Let everybody get healthy and make a big push in the second half. 
And this could be one of the years where you have a team go 13 and three back to back, which is pretty rare. It's only actually happened a handful of times throughout NFL history. And to have it happen where half of those games come being led by a backup quarterback is simply unheard of. And that's just the level of talent this team has. They have Super Bowl aspirations and rightly so. And they've got the blessing of Pope Francis with it. Yes. Uh, one last question, Deuce, and then I'll let you go. Uh, for pretty much the past two seasons, ever since the the Saints traded away Brandon Cooks, there's been a void at that second wide receiver position. Obviously, Ted Ginn uh, fills it admirably, but it, it it too often seems as if the Pelicans are, are a two-trick pony with just uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Do you think they make a move before the deadline to add in some more uh, talent at the wide receiver position? I think their ears and their phones are open, but it's not, I don't see them paying like a King's ransom. Like the Rams just paid to get Jalen Ramsey. I just don't, uh, it's just never been really their MMO. And I think that you also run the issue of who's really available because one of the big names that was flowing around was AJ green, but the Bengals are pretty clear that that's just not going to happen. And I think that you got guys like Emmanuel Sanders and stuff. There's other names that you can really throw out, but is there anybody that truly comes in day one and is just a dominant flanker opposite Michael Thomas? Odds are probably not. The truth is the one player that they need to step up that they brought in to essentially play the number two role is Jared cook. They've had a little bit more consistency from him over these past couple of weeks, which is good. You simply need him to continue to grow on his performance. Got a couple of touchdowns now. He's starting to catch things, not drop things. So it seems to be moving in that direction. But odds are you're probably not going to see a big high-profile move. But, I mean, you never know with Mickey Loomis. They can make things happen. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is at Rev Deuce Wyndham. You can follow him. You can follow his work at The Athletic. You can follow some other stuff. Uh, Deputy Brand Manager at Canal Street Chronicles. Uh, good friend of the program. Deuce, thank you so much for your time. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit. Uh, most of us are Pelicans fans, though they're yeah. probably crossover Saints fans as well. Uh, what you do for The Athletic and where they can find your work. Yeah, so athletic.com, uh, you being Pelicans fans, y'all all hopefully are very familiar with Will Guillory, who just does a wonderful job covering the team. But I do a lot of the film analysis for the New Orleans Saints for the Athletics. So if you've ever wondered, you know, certain play concepts, if you've ever wondered how the Saints draw up things offensively, defensively, if you've ever wondered how, say, offensive line technique is or you know anything like that, that's that's kind of my niche. And that's what I cover every week. Usually it's about two articles plus doing stuff on Twitter at AdRevDushWindham and even on YouTube every now and then. So just come join us. Check it out. I promise you'll enjoy it. All right. Make sure you guys follow him. Of course, uh, if you like what you're hearing from us, retweet this podcast, share it with your friends. It does help us so much. We're going to mm -hmm. be back. We've got another guest coming tomorrow. We're trying to ramp things up as we get closer to the launch of the regular season on October 22nd against the Toronto Raptors. In the meantime, if you guys just write at bird rights or at Preston else, you got some questions, some things you want us to talk about. Don't feel afraid. We've got plenty of content coming your way. Hopefully we'll get to everything in the meantime, let's dance. Let's go pals. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.